once you're in those pipelines, they want to keep you in that pipeline. They don't want you to leave their ecosystem. Are you a millennial, Gen Xer, or a young boomer? Do you want to learn more about financial independence? Are you contemplating or already in early retirement? The Phi Lighter podcast highlights, or as we like to say, Phi Lights, issues around your financial independence. Join the community as we explore millennial boomer relationships and pass the best lessons down to next-gen Phi millennials. We will talk about FIRE from FU money to early retirement. Welcome to Episode 9. I'm Lambo, the creator and host of the Philider Podcast and the Philider.com website and media hub. My goal is to fill these podcasts with interesting content to build your confidence and competence in making personal finance and lifestyle decisions. In what will be the last single-digit episode today, we'll cover three segments. Changing with the times, embracing change, and trying something new. Let's get into episode nine. Here in the United States, we have, as they say, sprung forward for daylight savings time. And uh, that another time change is behind us. I sat and I thought a while about each of us and thought about, are you one of the people that changes with the times? Or does time change you kicking and screaming all the way? Think about it. Are you more of one than the other type? I like to think I change with the time, so to speak, and embrace new technologies, new ways of doing things. But I realize there are some things that I continue to do the way I've always done them. I'm comfortable with them, and they accomplish the goals for my needs. But there are other things that I realize I'm doing in a very new way with the latest tools and technologies. I hope that I can continue to be willing to change and embrace new ideas as I get older. If you're a young baby boomer, or let's say even in your upper 40s, think about your parents. If they're still with us today, have they embraced change or have they resisted change? Do they need to embrace change? Would they agree that they need change? Or is it just your perspective that rationalize they need to change? It's one thing to want to change and be willing and open to change. It's another thing to be told you need to change. As we age, our ability to be rational and logical seems to go down as we get older, or even to be able to comprehend concepts and technologies gets more difficult. I remember many years ago when PCs were coming out and my mom and dad got their first computer for the house, the absolute frustration looking over my dad's shoulder as I asked him to do certain things, and then perhaps even raising my voice and saying, no, stop. Now do exactly what I tell you to do and nothing else. When I say click, I mean click once, not double click, not all over the place, okay? Can you feel your blood pressure just going up thinking about those days? Well, we digress. Let's just say my dad is a whole lot better on the computer, and I kind of feel like as an 83-year-old, he is one that embraces change to different degrees. But he is willing and open to learn new things. But let's get back to what is this time change and changing with the times? How does this relate to your financial independence? 
Well, let me take you back to the late 90s. One of the things that I've embraced over the years is online brokerage accounts. In some cases, I did it willingly and voluntarily. My original online provider was called TD Waterhouse. They later merged with Ameritrade to become TD Ameritrade. I set up my account and began trading stocks, and as I should say, investing, but it was really a combination of trading and investing as we worked through the dot-com bubble and the market crash. When that bubble burst after irrational exuberance was said a few times by Greenspan. Anyway, years later, I worked for a company that used a different service, so I set up another account with that organization as well. And it, as my, each of my children became adults, I did what I hope any parent would do, and I try to guide them through the process of opening their own accounts and learning how to invest on their own. Each of my kids now has a copy of The Simple Path to Wealth, which I've mentioned several times on the podcast and in blog posts. Well, while reading that book, I decided to set up an account with Vanguard. I also began to seriously challenge our own investment policy and my compliance with that policy in remaining invested at an allocation level exposed to equities that I felt comfortable with, however, had not complied with on my own accounts. You know what they say, do what I say, not what I do. Well, most of us, what we do is more of an example that is absorbed than what we say. You know, walk the walk and talk the talk, I guess is the, the phrase. It's, it's just a lot easier to promote best practices that you've read about or studied, uh, even though you're apprehensive in adopting them, the approach and leading by example. Back to our original focus of changing with the times, I listened to an episode recently of Choose Fi where the CEO and founder of M1 Finance was a guest. And as a result of that episode, I thought I should learn more about that process in that company and how investments are handled. And when I say learn more about it, that usually means I open my own account to get a good understanding of the processes, the fees, any associated benefits of the platform, similar to other platforms. I don't intend to make my tax return any more complicated than it should be, but I do have several different brokerage statements that have to be compiled in our tax return preparation. So I can't vouch for the ease of tax reporting in the case of M1 Finance because I only recently set my account up. But I can say it's quite a different way of looking at investment and processing deposits and easily balancing those investments with fractional shares. Using relational dynamic calculations to continually move towards your desired target allocations for each investment by purchasing more of the investments below the weighting goal and less of those that have appreciated above the target goal. This platform uses a pie, which is a very graphical, easy to understand interface. And after playing around with TD Ameritrade, Vanguard, Fidelity, E-Trade, Acorns, and M1, I decided my youngest son may really enjoy the M1 approach. So I recently talked to him about it when he was home for the weekend, and he actually set an account up and then shortly thereafter connected it to his bank accounts and began to make deposits into the original pie that he set up when he created the account. He kind of enjoys math and gaming and strategy, and I just kind of felt like that M1 interface would be something he would enjoy uh, and as well uh, see the benefits of over time. And he did. He seems to really embrace it and, and adopt it and continue to work with it. But I thought just how quick he was willing to adopt 
that approach. And his willingness to change is 99% faster than what mine might have been when I was his age. Just that whole mentality now of being open to change and new approaches and and not dug in and committed over the long term to any one approach or solution that the younger generations seem to have much more ability to be willing to change. Now, maybe that'll change over time. Uh, maybe they'll, they'll grow older and get less willing to change, just like many of us uh, or, or our parents. But the point here is, are you challenging the way you handle Things like investments. Uh, are you still using the you know brick and mortar, full fee, full service organization? Are you actually investing with a life insurance company because the first guy that sold to you when you were 23, 24 years old with two little kids, a whole life policy and in some kind of investment structure and um, you know they're starting to talk to you now about annuities. Once you're in those pipelines, they want to keep you in that pipeline. They don't want you to leave their ecosystem. But realize there are other ecosystems out there and if you stick your head in the sand, you're not going to get the benefits of those other systems or even know that you're not necessarily getting the best approach where you are today. Or you might well be getting the best approach where you are today. But if you don't at least look, understand, evaluate, and open your mind to other approaches, you'll never know, right? You'll go on living with your, your head in the sand and anything that happens, you'll assume, well, that's just the way it's supposed to be. Okay, let's leave that there and move on to segment two. Segment two, I want to focus a little bit on how we might embrace change and be more effective at embracing change in our own lives. And I have several factors or variables, if you want to call them that, that uh, I think significantly impact our abilities to embrace change. One of those is being an early adopter. Sometimes it's maybe not the best thing to be the first one to use a new technology platform before uh, the bugs are worked out, as they say, in the case of software releases. Commonly, people will wait until a new release is out there and stabilized long enough that the initial bug fixes have had time to take place so that when they upgrade to that release, they're not going to have a whole lot of quirks along with it that challenge their business model. Sometimes it might be better to let it sit a little while and see how it's received and how well it, it grows and is adopted by others, but not necessarily sit on the sidelines so long that you never embrace new technologies. The next one is, I guess it's similar, but a little bit different. It's called, you know, the analysis paralysis situation, where you study it, you research it, you go online and look at forums, you look at reviews, uh, you read everything you can think out about under the sun on something new, and you find yourself just being overwhelmed with information, uh, much more information than you would have said is critical for you to make the decision just because you've stumbled on so much of it. And when you read it, you put a value on it because it's now in your head. And as you think about adopting some new technology, you think about that negative comment you read in that review, and maybe it's something you should worry about. Well, sometimes if you start up front saying, what things am I going to look at to make this decision? What is important to me? Is it 
an easy user interface? Is it some specific functionality? In the case of investment platforms, is there a way to automate my investments every month? Is there a way to rebalance by simply clicking a button? What key performance items are you looking at to make your decision? I can tell you if you're looking at a hundred different things, you may never get to a decision because you're going to find some things work better here and better there. But if they're not important, what does it matter? Things like using the Vanguard platform. I will tell you, you know, they have updated their interface a little bit recently, but it is not nearly as functional and capable of doing a lot of things that some of their competitors are using. But you know what? Vanguard may not even be targeting that kind of functionality because their target customer may be somebody that's perfectly happy automating their investments and buying on a routine basis and they're perfectly fine getting their money back out of their account if they need it for, let's say, a car purchase or, or something else in three days, and whatever it takes is fine. That customer loves Vanguard, and there's nothing wrong with that because it meets their needs. And in the case of somebody that wants a little flashier, modern, next-gen, or uh, millennial-type approach, M1 is a platform that appeals to those guys. It's very mobile-friendly. It's got a neat little graphic interface. It's very automated. It allows for you to make it a one-stop shop. You can borrow from M1 against your account once you have a you know significant balance. You can also get interest on your deposits that's much, much higher than any kind of banking institution typically is, it markets to a different type of customer, one that is willing to adopt new ways of doing things, embracing them, and realizing the benefits that are important may all be addressed within that one platform. Now, I'm first to say that you don't need to have accounts in many, many, many different platforms. But that doesn't mean I don't have them. You know, I have legacy retirement plans that are at Wells Fargo. I have rolled over some in IRA accounts at um, one of the other big online brokers. And as I said in prior episodes, I, I adopted Vanguard's platform when I was reading Simple Path to Wealth. I just literally opened an account while I was reading 100 pages into the book, I said, I just need to do this. I'm not looking back. And I did. And I don't regret it one bit. It's a great platform for that approach. And it meets many needs. So don't let analysis paralysis be your enemy, is my point. Make a decision based on the facts and the factors that are important to you in the direction you want to move. Okay, here's another one. Uh, this one's another one that I think is important is don't be afraid to go with the market leader. Everybody's always shooting at the market leader and saying what they don't do best and why other people are coming out. But just between you and me, there's a reason they're the market leader. A market leader might be a pretty safe bet. If most people are comfortable with that platform, it may well meet your needs as well. So yeah, market leaders are not always the bad guy. Uh, the big company that has most of the customers may actually be the market leader because they have the best approach. Or they could be maturing as a market leader and losing market share to the newer players. In the case of uh, our example with financial trading platforms or investing platforms, 
you know, the M1s of the world are taking market share away from somebody else, okay? Whether it be Robinhood or Acorns or TD Ameritrade or Fidelity or Vanguard, they're getting new customers, maybe from traditional banking. Who knows where their customers are coming from, but just the, the fact is anybody that's got the largest market share sometimes has a harder time maintaining that market share than they do growing that market share, because when there's a lot of customers to hang on to that are all looking at other opportunities outside of your platform, some of them are going to leave when they see the flash in the pan somewhere else. And they're very transient. Other customers are committed to their solution. They're going to stick with you through thick and thin uh, until you do something that's so adverse to their needs that makes them leave. You're going to have a customer for life. Uh, that can happen as well. And another area on embracing change is the not invented here syndrome. Years ago, I, I worked uh, in an organization and some new people were brought into that organization and they brought with them their ideas. It wasn't that their ideas were unique and that we had never thought about these other approaches, but they brought them in and they were committed to making them happen. Some people didn't embrace them as members of the management team uh, in a way that they probably should have been embraced. But in the end, these guys turned out to be catalysts that got us over the hump, so to speak, into some new areas that we really needed to be working in. And it wouldn't have happened if two things didn't occur. One being their commitment bringing these new ideas to reality and executing that plan. But the other one was having support in the top of the organization for this change to occur, realizing that the leader was putting this team in place to enable that change to happen. And with a few other key executives endorsing that approach, suddenly the whole group got behind the solution and we all moved forward in a great way. Uh, it turned out to be one of the magical times in my career where I had peers that I really enjoyed working with. We took care of each other. We had each other's backs. It was just a magical moment in in the workforce, uh, in, in business for me. And I really, really enjoyed working with that team. I saw things happen that couldn't have happened 10 years before with the, the structure and the approach and the management philosophies that we had. And it was just so refreshing to see movement in a positive direction, maybe a little more aggressively toward new technologies. Just like to reflect back on that you know, not invented here is something where the new players have a tough road in front of them. A lot of times they're brought in to create or be that catalyst for change and knowing that they're going to be swimming upstream. One of the things that's difficult about changing is people get set in their ways and it's hard to legislate change. So it needs to organically kind of occur and be nurtured and grow and gain momentum. And suddenly the current decreases and going upstream isn't as difficult because you've got a few extra guys in the canoe that are rowing the right direction with you. And that change can happen. One of those things uh, that are not invented here, you know, don't let that stop you from moving forward toward new ideas. Anyway, that's enough for segment two on embracing change. Being an early adopter, you may or may not want to be an early adopter, but sometimes 
that can prevent you from moving forward. Uh, you just want to wait long enough to say, is this stable or not? Is this really working well? I'll do a lot of my friends like to use it. The other one, analysis paralysis. Don't fall into that trap of overanalyzing and never making a decision. And then it's not a bad idea to consider the market leader in any particular area as a potential solution. Once again, there's a reason they're the market leader. And then the not invented here, just be aware of that. Just because it's not your idea doesn't mean it's not a good idea. Or even if it is their idea and you've had it before, it doesn't mean you can't do it because nobody wanted to do it when you brought it up. Hey, maybe the time wasn't right then. Now's the time. Now's the time to embrace it and move forward and be a team. Okay, that's it for segment two. Okay, let's talk a little bit about surprise segment three. You know, one of the things I've probably talked about a little bit is um, I, I have been involved in a podcaster course, uh, a course that was developed by a very successful podcaster. And I've got teammates, and we do a little thing once a week. And it's kind of a combination. It alternates on one week. It might be just a accountability share session where we talk about where each of us are and what we plan to do next, anything we're struggling with that the group think or the whole team on the Zoom call can all jump in and help with the solution and help you get past whatever that hurdle or roadblock is in front of you. And then the other alternating weekends, we have what are called kind of sprint work sessions. And in these sessions, we spend roughly 10 minutes talking about what we're going to do in the next part of the, the next hour. And then at 10 minutes before the next hour, we'll jump back on the call and say, hey, how'd it go? Are you accomplishing your goal? Do you need any input from anyone? Um, is it working out like you thought it would? Boom, let's reset, go another 50-minute work session and another 10-minute uh, sync-up time. And we do three of these, and everyone gets something done on their podcast that week. Anyway, I think it's a really neat process. And and the other thing I can say is when you find your tribe, and in this case, I'm talking about other new podcasters. When you find your tribe, you realize that they're supportive. Uh, they give you confidence. They actually, you feed on each other and you want to be better at what you do. This week, I said, you know what I think I want to do? I'm going to challenge myself to do this. I'm going to record a podcast episode with very little script, and I'm going to record and edit that episode in the space of our work session and get it released. So this episode nine is my attempt at that. And because of that, I want your input. I want you to tell me if you like this episode, what you liked about it, I want you to tell me, no, Paul, you ramble too much in this mode. I don't want you to do this again. Let me know what you're thinking, okay? I want to hear your input. I don't care if it's difficult uh, for me to digest. Bring it on because I want the good, I want the bad, and I want to get better. I want to get 1% better every time I touch this microphone. Your input makes that difference. Just give me some feedback. I would just really appreciate it. Hey, that's going to be it for episode nine. This is going to be a quick episode. And I just wanted to get a few concepts out there. These are things that have been in my head and I wanted to share them. And I'll talk more in another episode at length about investing platforms and just getting off center and getting started, particularly for the millennials, those of you that are beginning to kind of get your traction on your own financial future 
and you're beginning to set up accounts and invest in 401ks and do all the things that many of us young boomers have done for years. And we just want to be sure that you as millennials are making good, solid financial decisions. You know the impact of those decisions. You know the benefit of time in the market versus timing the market. And you are making the right choices to gain your financial independence with as little pain as possible. It's not easy to reach financial independence. But is it easy to do it if you have just a little discipline? Absolutely. Absolutely. It can be accomplished. And I want each of you to make steps toward that goal as we move toward financial independence together. With that, I'll remind you of our disclaimer. This show is for educational and entertainment purposes. I am not in any way providing professional advice for your own personal financial strategy. Please seek that of professionals in the field, whether it be legal, financial, or other professional fields for your own needs. Finance is personal, and with that means everything doesn't work for everybody. Get your own help from your own professionals. Until next time, this is Lambo, the Lighter, helping you clear the path to financial independence. Have a great day. Many of you have asked, what can you do to help spread the Lighter message? Here are three ways you can help. Number one, share a link to the podcast with someone you think would benefit from this content. You probably know like-minded people that would enjoy the Lighter life as much as you do. Number two, If you use Apple's podcast player, write a review. These are particularly helpful to the others exploring our podcasts and help the search algorithms place value on the Phylighter community. Number three, hit subscribe on whatever podcast player you're using. We want you to be the first to get the latest episodes when they're released. That's it. I would really appreciate it if you could do any or all three of these things. My goal is to highlight or highlight relevant information on each of your paths to financial independence. A wealth of information will benefit you, whether you're a millennial or young boomer. It may be only that you need to change your course heading just a few degrees to make early retirement a reality. We will continue to explore the issues and topics in front of young boomers as well as valuable lessons for the millennials to accelerate everyone's path to FI. Remember, mind the gap. Income plus expenses minus. The result is the gap. Grow the gap. Remember to subscribe wherever you enjoy the Phylighter podcast to receive new content as it's released. I look forward to your comments, feedback, and engagement with other Phylighters. You can also subscribe to the Phylighter Facebook page. Links are available in the show notes. I'm Lambo. Let's clear your path to financial independence. Make it happen. Grow the gap. This is Lambo, the Phylighter. If you're hungry for more, visit phylighter.com. Buckle up, downshift, and dump the clutch. You are in for an accelerated ride into your financial future with Lambo, the Phylighter. This episode was recorded on March 28th. 2021.